From St. Pete to Brandon, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And a good morning to you from Jack Harris, Katie Vicino, and James Verlander all on board here as we make the move from Julius Caesar's month to Augustus Caesar's month, the month of August, which at one time was known as Sextilia. That was what the Romans originally called the what we call the month of August. It was the month of Sextilia, which was Roman for the term sixth, as at that time it was the sixth month of the year. And of course now it's grown to the ninth month or the eighth month of the year. But regardless, it is August, so happy August, everybody. And it's AM Tampa Bay now, and good to be back here. Welcome back. Yeah, my voice isn't quite the same, but close enough. (laughs) And believe me, it is good to be back to get out. And for those who aren't aware, I had a retake of uh, COVID-19, so I got to spend the whole week at home. Although we did get out and go uh, walking on Saturday morning. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, and that's the only time I've been out of there until this morning for the past week. You were probably happy to get in the car and just go anywhere this morning. Oh, you better (laughs) believe it. I was looking forward to getting down here. I bet. But um, I apparently got it while we were in Kentucky. Because Joyce said when we were walking in Kentucky, I was a little slow and having a little trouble. And, uh, of course, when we got back, the day after we got back, or might have been the evening we got back, she checked me for COVID because I was coughing. And sure enough, I had it. And you're supposed to go five days, and it'll get rid of it. But they now say you go another five days in which you wear masks and things like that even though you do test negative, and I've been testing negative for, well, the past couple of days, for sure. So anyway, nice to be back, and good to be getting over the COVID. Now I can catch monkeypox. God, I hope not. (laughs) Yeah, let's let's not try that. (laughs) Not with a honker like I've got. (laughs) That would be too much to handle. At least you're not like Biden and getting it again. At least you didn't like test positive yesterday again, you know? Oh, I know. (laughs) I'm trying to be too presidential. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Oh, Lord. This is uh, incredible what's happened up in Kentucky here. I just want to mention that the death toll has now hit 26, and they're saying that several dozen people are still missing, so you know the majority of them are going to end up dead. But um, this is something I'm familiar with personally going back to when I was a kid. But we lived about a couple hours away from where this flooding was in Kentucky. And we had heavy flooding when I was a child. And I remember my parents' house. Uh, they had The water was all the way to the ceiling on the first floor with a river just rushing right through it. We had to move all the furniture up onto the hillside across the street, and um, it was something. But 
It's amazing you had time to do that. Oh, man. Because I know flooding can happen pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and we didn't have all the media that we did today. Today, you're pretty well aware in advance from the uh, the weather service and everybody else of what's going to be happening. But we had about three floods while I was a kid. I mean, one a year. The Guy and Dot River overrunning. So I know what those people are going through in Kentucky for sure. It's 510, and let's check in with John Thomas on our traffic now. Quick takes. Ripping through the biggest news stories of the day in record time. Providing you all you need to know. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at 514, Chris Trankman is here from the newsroom. And what's up this morning, Chris? Good morning, Jack. We'll expect a crowd of cars in New Tampa this afternoon, AAA says that the average price for a gallon of regular statewide is now three ninety two. That's down seventy cents from last month, and almost a dollar from June. But a marathon station on Bruce B. Downs, just north of I seventy five, is going to drop the price to two thirty eight a gallon. Oh, brother! For an hour between two and three this afternoon. Just for an hour. Just for an hour. Can you imagine the people who stay in line, and at the end of the hour, are they not going to get there? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, the machines are digital, right? So you just flip the switch, and they go back to the old price, right? Yeah. So 238 is the national average price for gas when Joe Biden took office. And this uh, this is basically a publicity stunt by the Americans for Prosperity Libertarian Group. This is the uh, Koch brothers outfit, and they're doing this nationwide. They're going to gas stations around the country, and they're trying to highlight just how expensive gas has gotten during yeah. the uh, the last couple of years, uh, especially I guess since the time that Biden officially became president. So, you know, two thirty eight is a big difference between almost four bucks. Oh, it certainly is. What was it on Gandhi? I think three seventy five at all the stations on Gandhi. Yeah, here in the Bay Area, we're going to be lower than the statewide average. Yeah, so the statewide average is like three ninety two, but here in uh, Hillsborough and Pinellas and the other Bay Area counties, a little bit lower, and just depends on the station you go to. Yep. So sure does. Keep an eye out for low prices. By all means. So you'll definitely be up there in line, right? At the- yes, sir. <laughs> I'm heading up there. <laughs> As soon as the show's over. There might be people there now, for all we know. (laughs) Utah Senator Mitt Romney is more popular with Democrats than he is among among members of his own party. So this is what happens when you go against President Trump. Yep. A new poll from the Institute of Politics found that registered voters uh, who were registered as Democrats and Republicans, 50% polled of, uh, they approved of Romney, 45% saying they don't approve, but... If you break it down by the party registration, 65% of Democrats approve of Romney's performance. Only 46% of Republicans do. They like those rhinos. <laughs> I mean, you know, Romney was the, the nominee for the Republican Party. Oh, I know. You know, in 2012. So well, he's turned into a serious rhino. That's, that's what the Republicans say, for sure. And uh, it it's sort of brings up the question of how popular is he in his own state? Because, you know, he represents Utah, where you think he'd be a safe yeah. A safe bet, but he's become uh, very controversial in that state as well because of his positions uh, that he's taken on various issues, including many against President Trump. Yeah, for sure. You know, you were mentioning uh, earlier when we were off the air, uh, Bill Russell died. 
Oh, he yeah. was one of the great champions in uh, in NBA history, of course, with those Boston Celtics teams from the late seventies into the sixties. I think they you know won many many in a row, like eight or nine in a row, um, more than any other uh, player in in modern times. If you look at uh, Michael Jordan or Magic Johnson, they didn't win as many as Bill Russell did. No, he was the great one, and I had the chance. I got a chance to interview him back in seventy five when I was up in D.C. It was the NBC outlet, and he was there for the Today Show. And uh, later on, I got to interview him up there, and then we went down to the cafeteria together. And yeah, he was a really nice guy. Yeah, he was pretty tall, wasn't he? Oh yes, <laughs> very tall. <laughs> you know, he was known obviously as a great player, but he went on to be a head coach, and he was also uh, an activist. Jack, I mean, you know, in the, in the early days of the NBA. Uh, he claimed that there was a lot of discrimination and whatnot. He was part of that civil rights movement in the 60s yeah, and was was very active in trying to get more uh, fairness, I guess, when it came to uh, athletes in yeah, sports that, in general. And that was the reason they had him on the show that time down there. Down, I, I guess it was a Today Show or some NBC show yeah. that, uh, that he was on when I got to interview him and go to the breakfast place with him <laughs> yeah a lot of the great players have been paying tribute you know uh charles barkley magic johnson and, and uh, michael jordan among many saying that uh, they always looked up to uh, bill russell because in many ways he was the uh, greatest champion in nba history you know the most win most championships in a row and for um, most of the players the most championships period yeah uh, more than uh, wilt chamberlain and jordan and all the other ones that we talk about as being the all-time greats so a uh, big loss for the nba but he had an incredible life, yeah. no doubt about it. So uh, that's what's happening uh, on this Monday, Jack. Ah, sounds good. By the way, um, we've had some new heat records going on here now. No, oh, I, mean, I don't. I don't doubt it. You know, I was out of town last week, so I got to miss all that. You missed it. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> we had a record high. I know Saturday we set a new record at ninety six. Which is very hot around here because of the humidity. Ugh. And the normal high is 91, 5 degrees above normal. I don't know. We may have set records on Friday and Thursday. Uh, I'm not sure. but Yeah, well, they, you were probably sleeping through the heat. I mean, you know, how do you even get up when yeah. it's that hot? It's, but, you know, that's the thing you were talking about. The heat index is the, is the number to look at. Yeah. You know, here in Florida, we like. Yeah, is what it feels like. You know, 96 doesn't mean much uh, if you have, uh, you know, high humidity that shoots it up to 108 or 110. Yeah, yeah and when we were in Kansas City weekend before last, um, the uh, temperatures hit 103. Mm. But it was dry heat. I mean, right. it was still really, really, really hot, but yep. it was dry heat, so it felt pretty much like here. Yeah, and in the desert, they get cool at night so yeah it's a little different uh, here in florida it cools off at night but the humidity stays with us yep it sure does so <laughs> glad to be back in sticky florida yes indeed well welcome home 96 Chris, today we'll have <laughs> we'll have more coming up here at the bottom of the hour thank you chris thanks jack it's 521 time to check in with john thomas and traffic now Taking a look back at this day in history on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at 525, this day in history is presented by the Duncan Duo. 
And this is Today in History for August 1st. In 1498, Christopher Columbus became the first European to visit what is now Venezuela. 1620, Speedwell, that was a ship, left Delshaven to bring pilgrims to America by way of England. 1774, British scientist Joseph Priestley discovers oxygen gas, corroborating the prior discovery of this element by German-Swedish chemist Carl Wilhelm Scheele. 1842, the Lombard Street Riot erupts in Philadelphia. 1876, Colorado is admitted as the 38th U.S. state. 1893, Henry Perky patents shredded wheat. 1907, the start of the first scout camp on Brown Sea Island, the origin of the worldwide scouting movement. 1911, Harriet Quimby take, takes her pilot's test and becomes the first U.S. woman to earn an Aero Club of America Aviators Certificate. 1936, the Olympics opened in Berlin with a ceremony presided over by Adolf Hitler. 1943, World War II, Operation Tidal Wave, also known as Black Sunday, was a failed American attempt to destroy Romanian oil fields. 1950, Guam is organized as an unincorporated territory of the U.S. as President Harry Truman signed the Guam Organic Act. That, of course, is in the Pacific Ocean. 1957, the U.S. and Canada formed the North American Aerospace Defense Command, NORAD, as it's known. 1961, U.S. Defense Secretary Robert McNamara ordered the creation of the Defense Intelligence Agency, the DIA, the nation's first centralized military espionage organization, now the CIA. In 1966, Charles Whitman killed 16 people at the University of Texas at Austin before being killed by the police. Mass murders even back then. 1971, the concert for Bangladesh, organized by former Beatle George Harrison, is held at Madison Square Garden in New York City. 1981, MTV begins broadcasting in the U.S. There's its first video, Video Killed the Radio Star by the Buggles. 1993, the Great Mississippi and Missouri Rivers flood of 1993 came to a peak. 2007, the I-35 West Mississippi River Bridge spanning the Mississippi River in Minneapolis collapsed during the evening rush hour, killing 13 and injuring 145. Locally here, 1818, Captain James Gadsden reports Tampa's Harbor as the finest on the Gulf. 1892, Hillsborough County's Red Brick Courthouse, its third and fourth, is completed. And finally, and this was a big day, this was yesterday since we weren't here, July 31st, 1976, the Buccaneers played their first game versus the L.A. Rams preseason. And I was there broadcasting it.
and we lost it. This day in history presented by the Duncan Duo. Get your career booming. Be a part of the number one real estate team in Florida. Visit now by joining the duo.com. It's 529 on AM Tampa Bay. Keeping you up on what's trending. Here's the AM Tampa Bay trendsetter, Katie Bacino. And Katie, at 538, what have we got trending on this Monday morning? Well, a few national days today, nothing too exciting. National Girlfriends Day, so fellas, buy your lady something special today. National Raspberry Cream Pie Day, I've never had one of those, sounds delicious. And Respect for Your Parents Day. Yeah. So, apparently if you treat them like crap every other day, today's a day to respect them. I don't know. Um, there is a Canadian candy company searching for a professional taste tester. Now, they have locations in here in the U.S., so you don't have to live in Canada to qualify for this position. But it's called Candy Funhouse, and they're looking for what is described as the world's first chief candy officer. So the role involves taste testing roughly 3,500 products each month. 3,500 products. That's a lot of candy. So if you care about getting diabetes or cavities, maybe not the job for you. But um, it comes with a salary of $100,000 a year. So wow. I think I'd risk it. That's a, that's a pretty good that's salary pretty good for work. eating candy. Yeah, my Lord. And I'm sure you don't have to eat like the whole thing. But you 3,500 products, What like what are they making I, over I'm there? I'm sure about these. But do you ever meet or hear about anyone that says, oh, I got that job? No, like I would be, I probably wouldn't believe them if I like met someone out and about <laughs> and they were like, yeah, I'm a candy tester. A hundred grand for candy tasting? <laughs> I'd be like, oh, that's man. not a thing. I'm um, ready for that. Yeah. You know what I'm not ready for? This Fancy Feast pop-up restaurant that's opening up for humans. So we've all heard of Fancy Feast. It's the cat food. We've heard the commercials. Uh, very popular cat food brand. Well, people are going to have a chance to dine like the cats. But this is totally different. It's going to open up in New York City for a couple days next week. But um, there's going to be like a Michelin star Italian chef cooking up inspired food from the cat food. I don't know. I think this whole thing is super weird. But do you eat Ooh. out of the can still? Even if that it's human food? That would be so food? funny. Uh, no, that would be so I'm funny. I'm so though. sad to say my mom would totally do it. Do you get down on all fours, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> they really should make you do all this. You should have to eat out of a can on all fours. This is a great idea, you guys. You should send this in because I feel like if you're going to go as far as to open up a pop-up restaurant, you need to get the full experience, it's fancy you know? Feast. And I feel you like have the, to. the people who are going to go to this are real big cat lovers, so I feel like they'd appreciate it. <laughs> Sorry, oh, Mom. Man. Can't handle that. <laughs> well, it's 541. We check in now John Thomas and traffic. On air and online at WFLANews.com. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 544 on AM Tampa Bay with Jack and Katie and James all on board here. And by the way, you can call us at 800-969-9352. We'd like to hear from you. By the way, we were talking about food and everything. And this story out of New York City, inflation and crime have gotten so bad in New York City that even spam has to be locked up at Dwayne Reed's store in the uh, Port Authority bus depot, the shelf-stable product, 
only three ninety nine a can, is now being stocked in plastic anti-theft cases. They're like thick plastic cases, too. I feel like they had to have spent some money on these cases just to kind of like troll the city. So oh, they're, they're spam expensive. blockers. Yeah. Literally spam <laughs> blockers, yeah. Yeah, one cashier laughed using a magnet to remove a can of spam from the cage and uh, as prices and crime skyrocket, New York City stores have taken to locking up staples like toothpaste and soap to keep crooks from stealing and then hawking them on the sidewalks. But to put spam in a cage, I'm quoting now, I said, is stupid, kind of insulting to the customer that would buy it. And Snow said he doesn't think spam's being stolen to sell it for crack but rather because the homeless in the area are looking for a quick and easy meal. I never knew spam was that popular. I mean, if you don't have access to, to money to be able to buy yourself anything else, I mean, spam would be uh, the best way to stay alive on the streets. I guess so. <clears throat> Pardon can me. You, can if you, you all... imagine walking past like a, like a dealer, though, and he opens up his trench coat and it just has all these things of spam inside? Have you all ever had spam? Yes, I have. I cooked it here in the studio because you and Aaron used to give me riffs about never having tried it. So I finally tried it here at work, and it's oh. not bad. It's actually a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I've eaten Spam sandwiches about every six months. I like it if you uh, if you uh, fry the Spam and then put mustard on it. It's pretty good. I didn't know you fried it. See, I've never had it. So, I didn't know you could cook it. We quite literally have some here in the studio if you would like me to fry you up. That's been there for years. No, it hasn't. I bought it when I was cooking it like five months ago. We're good. We're good. Well, you'll have to try spam because people are going out and stealing it, believe it or not. Hey, this is incredible what happened in Port Ritchie. A gang member with a lengthy criminal record is dead in a... Pasco County Sheriff's deputies on paid administrative leave, and this happened early Saturday morning in Port Ritchie, and according to the Sheriff's Office, a deputy responding to a call of a suspicious vehicle at the roadway in on U.S. 19, just south of State Road 52. He conducted a traffic stop at around 12.45 AM and uh, Major Tate Sanborn said as soon as the vehicle stopped, the suspect got out of the car and aggressively approached the deputy who found himself in the middle of a confrontation as soon as he exited his vehicle. And the fight was so heated that the body cam fell off the deputy. And the deputy was so close that as the Suspect got into the car. He was clinging on to the suspect and clinging on to the car and still fighting him, attempting to detain him. And when the suspect rapidly accelerated, he dragged the deputy for a distance of about 150 feet. If you don't think that's far, that's half a football field. That's a long way. And... The deputy also noticed the suspect was reaching under the seat for something, 
and the deputy wasn't able to see it, so repeatedly he told him to stop the car and to stop reaching, and eventually the deputy was able to free his gun and fired three shots, which forced the suspect to stop his car, and when the vehicle stopped, the deputy got the suspect out of the car and took him into custody and rendered aid along with other responding deputies, and the suspect died at the scene. But here's what blows my mind. The suspect, who's yet to be named, a white male with an extensive criminal history with the Pasco County Sheriff's Office, 43 arrests for robbery with a firearm, burglary, and multiple drug charges. And according to Sanborn, he's also a documented gang member released from the Department of Corrections in October of 2021. 43 arrests for robbery with a firearm and a bunch of other crimes. Why is this guy allowed to be on the street in the first place? This is ridiculous. I mean, no wonder we have mass shootings and everything else. We're letting criminals go. This guy should be locked up for the rest of his life. Should be. 43 arrests for robbery with a firearm. Man, this is crazy, and this is right here in Port Ritchie. It's 5.50, time to check in with John Thomas in traffic. Live on 94.5 FM in Pinellas County, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And it's 5.54, and joining us right now is Rory O'Neill, our NBC News Radio National Correspondent, and this report is brought to you by the Oncology Institute. And, Roy, the people in Kentucky and eastern Kentucky have had considerable problems with the flooding now. And then out west, we've got the wildfires. So Mother Nature is, yeah, is being pretty rough on us on right Earth, now. Uh, up in Kentucky, where they've got 28 people confirmed dead, another 37-plus uh, reported missing, and the search for them continues. Uh, but there's also more rain in the forecast, maybe today and tomorrow. Maybe a bit of a reprieve midweek, but then more rain returning for the weekend. Uh, this is in an area of eastern Kentucky along the Virginia border. And uh, the governor said last night that, you know, it's bad enough trying to get help to these people, but these floodwaters have washed out many of the bridges that are necessary to reach people you know, and get them out with trucks and, and get gear in there. So uh, it's, a, it's a complicated rescue operation. Yeah, I was talking earlier about uh, having been raised as a kid at about 100 miles from there in southern West Virginia, and we had huge flooding as well. So I know what those people are going through, although we didn't have as many deaths as they did over there. Yeah, and this was uh, flash flooding yesterday as well. Four inches of rain in some spots. Some spots got a bit more, but uh, you know, a lot of the governor said a lot of people were caught off guard by this. Uh, that the rains came just so fast uh, that the people didn't get enough notice about uh, somehow preparing or evacuating if necessary. They've got about 400 people, I think, so far evacuated by helicopters, thanks to the National Guard. Even some boat rescues taking place in hard to reach places. And. There's more rain coming, I understand. 
Yeah, especially later in the week. So they might get some more showers today and tomorrow, but uh, more heavier, consistent rain is expected uh, later in the week. Obviously, that's something they just don't need right now. And, of course, Mother Nature having herself felt out west, too, with the wildfires out there. Yeah, huge wildfires burning in Montana, Oklahoma, even Oregon, Texas, and, of course, California. I think uh, the National Fire Institute tracking 53 wildfires burning Hmm. right now. The biggest one called the McKinney Fire. It's on the California-Oregon border. That one fire is about 52,000 acres. Uh, Again, fast-moving fires and a bad forecast. Uh, They've got a lot of lightning in the forecast uh, all across the West coming up this week. Yeah, and that generally has to just burn itself out because they're too large to be put out with water or anything like that. So we'll have to wait and see yeah, how that... just try to protect homes, businesses, and, you know, they were protecting those sequoia trees last week, so they're just trying to protect the most valuable spots. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, we will be talking to you later. Our NBC News Radio National Correspondent brought to you by the Oncology Institute a new kind of cancer care provider focused on clinical outcome, patient satisfaction, and designing a treatment plan that's right for you. Six locations across Tampa Bay. Make an appointment at the oncologyinstitute.com. It's 558 on AM Tampa Bay. Bloomberg Radio. From Odessa to Clearwater, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And a good Monday morning to you. Jack Harris here with my concomitant pals, and that would be Katie Bacino and James Berlander. And you can join us at any time at 800 969 9352. Or you can text us at 82945. Just begin your text with the call letters WFLA. In case you missed it uh, yesterday afternoon. Of course, if you went to bed that early, you were in bed at 3 or 3.30. But um, the Guardians beat the Rays 5-3. to three. They're in quite a slump. They've lost three out of the last four. And I, I don't know the crazy thing of Cleveland changing the name from Indians to Guardians. I mean, the term Indians came from Columbus not knowing, thinking he was in India. And it pretty well stuck. And there's nothing insulting about that name. I mean, it comes from the nation of India. That's an argument we have had, Jack, for the past, uh, what, half a year now? Oh, yeah. I don't think they're changing it. Yeah, stupid. People in Cleveland allowed it to happen. So they're the Guardians now. Dumb butt name, if there ever was one. But the uh, Rays will be off tonight. Then they got two games here against the... Uh, Blue Jays, and then they'll be at Detroit for four against the Tigers. Hey, we got some birthdays we've got to get to here pretty quickly. Um, Rob Schweitzer that, from Channel 8 that I've worked with for years, Harrison Company, and um, great guy. Uh, Jeff Chowdergate, Nancy Taylor, Bob White, Ross Sudath, 
Gary Mays, uh, Mike Hennessy, who's a voiceover guy, and Jeff Arthur, who is involved in our kind of business as well. I don't know what people were doing this time nine months ago in history, but Thanks, Thanksgiving. I all, maybe I also <laughs> have like ten birthdays. You have a lot too. <laughs> you got a whole list of them. Well, let's hear them. All right. Well, this may take a while. No, I'm just kidding. I have my cousin Tim Yando, Lauren Lake, who works here at iHeart, Mark Lunsford, Jason Weiss, Paul Brobson, David Langley, Christopher Jones, and I have Rob Schweitzer as well, who is a great guy. He's helped us a lot. Brandon Cotton and Kimberly McWilliams. I have a whole list. And Katie forgot about our best friend, Howard Kresslin. Yes, Howard Kresslin. Who's a great storyteller. Yes, he just... Just told James and I quite the story. Yeah, back from uh, 1939. Yeah, a story he told from 1939. Yeah, with the with the war and the frogmen and he was saying he was at the World Fair in New York in 1933. He was well, he was born in 1933, and he was telling us he was at the World Fair in New York, and he asked coins. It's a very interesting story. Yeah, wow, that sounds like something I wish I hadn't missed. Well, anyway, happy birthday to them all for sure. And it's 10 after 6, and time to check in with John Thomas in traffic. In the darkest times, he is a beacon of hope. When common sense is needed in a mad world, a voice for Americans, a voice for America. This is Lionel on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. That's why we love Mondays, because we get to hear from Lionel. And Lionel, what's on your mind this morning? Jack, I've got some birthdays I'd like to read off. They're 50, if you don't mind. I'd like to start off with Everett Lundstetter. He's my mechanic. Despite that, he died. Um, You know, Jack, I've got to start off by saying neither you nor I, I think nobody there today, we are not physicians. Let's get this out of the way. I'm not a virologist. I don't know anything about this. But, Jack, when, when you were, um, I guess, remember during the days, during the fear of polio. Oh, yeah. Polio was, it, people were just absolutely terrified. Yes, indeed. Then there was the polio vaccine. And there might have been maybe initially a case or two where somebody might have actually contracted it afterwards during the nascent period of the actual vaccine itself. But later on, nobody got polio. Nobody. And if you got it once... You didn't get it again. Same with a lot of things. Um, I've never seen how anybody, how Americans, who, by the way, trust the science, trust the science, are so complacent, so matter-of-fact, over the notion of their commander-in-chief, and I can't even get those words out in reference to this White House occupant, (laughs) can be vaxxed, blasted, boosted, posted, pasted, whatever you want to call it, kept in I quote, test positive, kept in isolation, and three days later, get it again. I've, I mean, t- people should be pulling off the road and saying, no, wait a minute, this can't be. Somebody's, there, somebody's not telling us the truth, but we don't ask any questions, none whatsoever. And then what they say is, well, you know, he might have had the vaccine, but, you know, the vaccine would have been, or the, the COVID would have been much, much worse had he not been vaccinated. Have you heard that one? Had he not received a vaccine, oh, yeah. the COVID would have been worse. That's like saying, uh, Mrs. Jones, yes, you took the birth control pills, yes, but you're pregnant. What? Yes, but the pregnancy <laughs> would have been far more pregnant. Uh, you would have been more dead. 
This makes no sense whatsoever. And also, people are confusing PCR tests with having COVID. Oh, you tested positive. Oh, I have COVID. No, not really. Not really. And, Jack, I want you to have a show on and devote the entire show to call. The show is called, Why Do You Wear a Mask Alone in the Car? Oh, right. I know you must have this in Florida, especially because if there's anything weird, you know Florida, not Florida, but Florida has it. <laughs> we have lost our minds. So now, the other day I saw something which I've never seen. Somebody walking around the hood the other day was wearing the old welder's mask, you know, that, that plastic veil, oh, that, yeah. that shield. Yeah. That was my favorite. But now monkeypox. Now, Jack, I don't know, I'm, I'm sure you and James and Katie could do a whole show on this. How do you get monkeypox? Because our governor here is going nuts because she's saying these are these are an absolute absolute the numbers are get ready for a vaccine now thinking you've got a monkeypox vaccine already it took remember how long covid took that was forever they already have a monkey so jack what is monkeypox and how do you get it any idea i have no idea well just stay uh, away from anybody with it well james would know just kidding. It's an inside joke, James. I'm Whoa. sorry. That was a terrible. It was a terrible joke. But it's not. <laughs> it's not what you think. In fact, it, it involves certain behaviors that are. I don't think many of us would be involved with. But see, here's the thing, Jack. Nobody knows. Nobody's looked this up. It's. It's an orthopox. Did you know that? Of course not. Nobody knows anything. We don't. We have in your pocket right now. You have the library in Alexandria. Now I know it's not. It's not perfect. I know people who go to WebMD will you know, have, think they have every pregnancy or, or disease, rather, from pregnancy to whatever, though that's not a disease. But nobody ever researches anything. Nobody ever looks and says, what does positive, what, what does having COVID mean? Nobody, nobody, we still don't know. What is this beyond our understanding? But, Jack, when it comes to the, to the bucks, when it comes to arcane um, references to football lore or rules or the playoffs or oh there's no problem with that we are in conclusion because I know we're out of time Jack the most stupid people that have we are we are getting more stupid we don't know anything you ask people what does that mean <laughs> well, well, don't you think it's funny that the president why does he and and you know they're getting ready to push him out Jack you know this is the <laughs> setup right you know, this is like, he's, he's had double COVID. Uh, he's going to start saying, you know what? It's because no president has ever left, with the exception of Nixon. That was a different reason. Nobody has ever left their term. Now, that may change. In addition, did you hear what the Pope said, what Pope Frank said? He said, you know what? I'm getting tired. I don't know if my knees can take this. You know, this Pope stuff is tough. He's getting ready to retire. Did you hear this? Remember John Paul II, J.P. Deuce? Remember how he was, they had to hold him up. They, he finally had to die on the job. And yeah. now you've got this. So he's talking about retirement. Watch what they're doing. They're setting you up because they're going to move. They're changing everything. They're going to move Biden out. That mm -hmm. means Carmelita's going to be in. And last thing, Jack, is we're out of time. Gavin Newsom is going to be your Democratic nominee. Oh. And finally, and I lied, it's going to be Trump and DeSantis, Ron and Don, Don and Ron, in 2024. And DeSantis is good for people who think, well, maybe Trump's a little too old. So there you go, Jack. Oh, yeah.
Hey, and you got to check. You would have been on four, on, on birthday number four in the amount of time I got through <laughs> all this. You know why? Because I'm a professional. Not that yes. you're not, but let's face it. Well, you got to check them out at Lionel Media on Twitter. That's where I do, and you can get involved in answering some fantastic questions along the way. And YouTube at Lionel Nation. Yes, Lionel indeed. Nation on YouTube. Got a live show at 8 o'clock. Oh, yeah. excuse me, 9 o'clock every morning. Have a yeah. good day. See you yeah. next week. LionelMedia.com. Come on down here and see us. It's 622. Time to check in with John Thomas and traffic. Live on 99.1 FM in Pasco County. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 626 on AM Tampa Bay, and we're joined now by Aaron Royal, NBC News Radio National Correspondent. And Aaron, uh, a little too soon perhaps to declare victory, but. Food prices apparently are going down worldwide. Uh, what are economists saying about this? Yes, this is an interesting one. So while we don't need to throw a party just yet, prices have edged down. And in June, they were about 3% below their March level highs of 13% increase. So we're back down at 10% above what they normally are. This is all according to the United Nations food and agricultural sector. So economists at J.P. Morgan, they're now forecasting global food inflation rates falling by half to around 5% in the fourth quarter of this year. That's down from 13% in the second quarter. So there is some improvement, but it's not great. If you've gone to the grocery store recently, you know that. And it's important to note that really a large portion of what's contributing to this is Russia's invasion of Ukraine in February of this year that added a lot of additional pressure to an already difficult inflationary situation. So the two countries combined, they account for 28% of global wheat exports and 15% of corn exports. That's a lot of the world's food that is coming out of a war-torn country. So the good news is that there's been a recent agreement between Russia and Ukraine allowing exports of Ukrainian wheat, and this could really help cool global prices, but it's still early days. Oh, yeah. And any help is going to be certainly appreciated, I'm sure because of the major inflation right now. Exactly. And if food inflation, that accounted for one and a half percentage points of this 9% overall inflation rate. And you'll see U.S. consumer food prices, both at grocery stores and restaurants, they were up 10% in June from the previous year. That is the highest rate in more than four decades. This is all according to the Labor Department. So anyone knows if they've purchased any sort of food, whether at a restaurant or a grocery store recently, the bill is just staggering. And it's really taking a hit on people's wallets. And if you think of your necessities, you know, food, shelter, transportation, medical, these all are at the top of the list. Everything else is is kind of the bonus when you come to leaner times and food is just taking up a massive portion of people's budgets well no doubt about that that and gasoline but it's nice to see prices are now going down although they got a long way to go to be what they were a couple of years ago but aaron real thanks for joining us this morning on am tampa bay and we'll talk to you tomorrow great speak tomorrow have a great day okie doke it's 629 on am tampa bay Let's hear about the dopiest dope of all the dopes of the day on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And it's 638. Katie, who is our dope of the day? Well, her name is Jasmine Cecilia Levesque. 
quite a name. Yeah. She is a woman from Tarpon Springs, Florida. So right in our own backyard mm-hmm. in Pinellas County. So she punched a deputy while she was being moved in the jail. Um, she was read her rights while being arrested and she charged the officer. And they were like, why did you do that? And she, her answer was literally because she was bored. <laughs> I guess she had been in several fights that day at the jail and they had just had enough of her. So she was being moved um, and they she just punched the officer for no like that is not going to help you at all. Calm down. She was in jail uh, for stealing two thousand dollars in Ulta beauty products. Oh, Lord. Said she needed to beautify herself. Well, <laughs> hope the women in jail think you look good because that's where you're going to be <laughs> yeah. staying if you keep punching officers for no reason. <laughs> Not very smart. <laughs> very good dope of the day. I'm looking at, uh, well, some dopes of the day. George Carl sent me this story last week, but on a couple of weeks ago, the city commission up in, um, let's see, this is somewhere up in Michigan. Oh, in Kalamazoo. Um, voted to reduce the offenses from a misdemeanor to a civil infraction for public urination, defecation, and littering. The owner of Pop City Popcorn in downtown Kalamazoo, one of the business owners who's been taking a stand, said there have already been aggressive and unstable panhandlers in the area, and People have to clean up where they've defecated right in front of your door of your business. And they said they can't have that downtown. But, you know, they need to just put up portalettes there or something like that. Yeah. Something these people can go on. But the Kalamazoo mayor, David Anderson, said that decriminalizing these offenses will help the city be more equitable. So you got stuff dumped all over your sidewalks and everything but it makes everything more equitable said it's fair and equitable to those who these laws were most infecting the unhoused population as um well that's pretty dopey to say the least allowing people to take a dump in front of stores and restaurants and things right out on the street because you don't want to put them in jail Wow. It's 641 on AM Tampa Bay. Time to check in with John Thomas and traffic. Monitoring every tick of the market. Here's Jay Ratliff, day trading expert on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at 645, Jay, welcome on board here this morning. Good morning. You better than anybody can tell us um, with the back-to-back GDP quarters, the numbers here, are we in a recession now or aren't we? Because there seems to be a lot of question about this from coast to coast. Well, we, we knew there was going to be some, uh, how shall we say, a, a redefinition of the definition uh, once we hit that because no way in the world were we going to have a situation where uh, Washington, D.C. was going to allow us to just take the two GDP numbers and say, hey, here we go, we're in a recession. But uh, the, the loosely defined definition of a recession is the fact that if you have back-to-back negative quarters, which we had, uh, technically it's an indication that the economy is in a 
recessionary period. The exact definition that gets lost quite a bit is it's actually determined by a board of eight economics at the National Bureau of Economic Research. And they look at a lot of different indicators to see whether or not there's an economic slowdown going on. And it's they that will tell us if we're in a recession or not. Now, previously, this economist panel <laughs> was never mentioned, never came up. But uh, I suspect had uh, we had a different president in uh, in office, uh, Donald Trump, I-, I guarantee you there wouldn't have been any discussion about this uh, economic panel. But, you know, the bottom line is things are slowing down. There's absolutely no disputing that. But there still remains a disconnect, Jack, between Wall Street and Main Street where, you know, the market uh, after last week, uh, the Fed announcement of, of the interest rate hike wasn't any more than expected. Uh, we started to see the... Uh, uh, you know, the the uh, Dow jumped back up. In fact, uh, uh, ended up having one of our better months that we've had in a couple of years as we closed out the month of July. The futures this morning are down, I think, about 142 the last I checked. But, uh, you know, whether we define it or not, uh, we are in a recessionary trend. question is, uh, how long is it going to continue, and how big of a pain in the butt is inflation going to be? Yeah, I was going to say, it's the inflation that's really nailing the uh, average uh person because they're not getting raises at work or anything like that to keep up with it all of a sudden their cost of living is accelerating that's a great point because it's like everyone getting a 10 to 15 percent pay cut and then being told you know there's nothing to worry about well there is stuff to worry about and of course i really thought that we were going to see inflation kind of rear its ugly head last year and it didn't even coming into this year it wasn't really being given its proper due and Jack, I'd have to say, even now, there, there's a there's a lot of segments of the economic world that are kind of downplaying it, saying we're going to be okay, and it's not really enough to worry about. And we still have people that are referencing back to the last recessionary period we had that only lasted two months when it was at the beginning of the pandemic. But look, that was a, that was something that we hardly ever see. It was an event driven issue. It wasn't a real recession when you're talking about. The, the way that an economy flows. So uh, the one before that lasted for 18 months, and that uh, you know was back 2008 and 9. So when we're looking at the, the recessionary period now and its inflation's role, it's going to be something I think that's going to actually get worse before it gets better, and that's certainly something I want to be wrong about. But all the indicators are pointed in that direction. The problem is, and I guess the confusion for a lot of investors, especially new ones, is, well, Jay, if that's the case, then why aren't we seeing a bigger impact on the markets as far as a drawdown? In fact, if anything, it appears that the markets have bottomed. That's a term that people love to use. And they're on the, they're on the return right now, which is an obvious, clear indication that it's time to take all my cash off the sidelines and jump in the stock market. Well, obviously it is not, and I still uh, recommend a great deal of caution here because all the things that brought us to this point are still there, and some of them are getting worse, which would suggest that the market did not, in fact, bottom, uh, as many people are trying to point. Well, one other quick thing here. Jobs report for the month of July is coming up on Friday, and what are we expecting to see there? Economists, Jack, are looking for roughly 240,000 jobs created last month. Uh, that report comes out Friday at 8.30. If before now and the next time we talk later in the week, if there's any revision to that number, I'll let you know. But if it is 240,000, that's going to be the lowest monthly job creation since December 2020. 
which again would be another slight indication of the fact that uh, we're in a slowdown. A lot of these companies that are giving us earnings right now are giving future guidance that suggests, uh, well, not suggests, indicates that they're going to be pulling back on some of the expansion and hiring that they had planned, again, attributed to uh, the economic slowdown that continues. Well, Jay Ratliff, our aviation and day trading expert, and before you invest, you want to be sure to go to daytradefund.com and get all the help you can, and Jay will talk to you later this week. Looking forward to it, Jack. Thank you. Thank you, sir. It's 6.50 on AM Tampa Bay. Time to check on traffic now with John Thomas. The latest headlines, weather, and traffic every weekday morning. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 6.54 on AM Tampa Bay. And uh, quick thing here, I lost one and a quarter trillion trillion dollars over the weekend oh no oh, no yeah darn it but son of a gun somebody ended up with it <laughs> can you imagine winning one and a quarter trillion billion 1. i mean one and a quarter uh, yeah either way quarter either billion. way yeah I'm, <laughs> I'm happy. it's all the same to me set for life we work in radio we we make like two dollars an hour here yeah <laughs> Yeah, and they uh, they expect the winner. They expected them to, and I'm sure they did. But to take out the cash withdrawal, which is seven hundred forty-seven point two million, which after the government ripped off its share of one hundred eighty-seven, that would leave you with five hundred and sixty million dollars. <laughs> Who Not wants that? A half billion dollars. Jump change. Yeah. Odds of winning jackpot at one in three hundred and two and a half million. But nevertheless, I still lost it. Hey, this is you gotta check out the blog here as usual. Katie's got some great stuff here. Uh trends people miss the most from the nineties. I'm just reading about these. You'll love it here if you were around back in the nineties. Um I like this one. Well, hanging out at the mall. People used to do that all the time. Uh, flip phones. Remember those? Oh, yeah. Like, I remember I was so excited to get one, too, like a Razor phone. I remember I got a pink one, and it was so cool. I was saying this not that long ago. I remember when iPhones came out, and I was like, I will never be able to afford one of those. I thought that was something only, like, mega rich people were going to be able to afford. <laughs> I like this, though, a world without social media. Can you imagine that? I mean, people used to sit around at restaurants and talk to each other and everything. Now you go to a restaurant, sit down, and look around. Everybody's on their phones. They don't need anybody with them. I try to make an effort. Like, if I'm out in public, and, and sometimes I'll go out to eat alone even, but I try to put my phone away. That way I could just be present in the moment. Yeah, well, Joy won't let me... Stay on mine. Good on Joy. Good for her. When I go to dinner, though, I usually get to check to see what's on the show sheet for the next day, so I get to check to see if I've got an email from Katie. I am the only saving grace, because when we go to dinner on Mondays, when I go with you to Bella's, <laughs> if Jack touches his phone, he's, Joy's like, no, Katie's right here. You don't need to check your phone. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Just enjoy the present and the dinner, and, and Katie and Aaron. Well, yeah. check out our blog, amchampabay.com amchampabay.com because I've got to check these out too uh, when feeding an alligator at the zoo goes wrong 
Oh, and boy. Meanwhile, we will get together with you again tomorrow morning at 5 on AM Champa Bay. Live it up.